is Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we have been doing this show now, I think this is our 10th year, if I'm not mistaken, coming up, depending on when you hear this. And we started 10 years ago saying, hey, we want to do a show for men, by men, talking about things from a man's perspective, which as men, we are really good at talking about sports, weather, and politics. That's okay. There's a time and place to talk about those things. But from a standpoint of there is more to life than sports, weather, and politics. And we just want to be a place where, guys, you may be challenged to talk about the things that matter for eternity. And that we believe here at Solid Steps that if you are not walking with the man of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're not fulfilling the destiny that God has for you as a man or woman, depending on who listens. So that being said, welcome. Thank you for listening. Today's topic is one of those topics that uh, will challenge you to turn off the radio when you hear it. I'm just telling you right point blank. So if you want to be challenged, keep listening. But when we start talking about today's topic, people want to tune it out or turn it off. And if you are tempted to do that, then do the man thing and listen. (laughs) Okay? Do the man thing and listen. Because today's topic is a topic that when you start talking about somebody's checkbook, now you start talking about their priorities. And I heard a very wise man say, you want to see a person's priority, give me their checkbook and give me their calendar. And I would even add, give me their social media posts or whatever. You want to see what matters to somebody, look at their checkbook where they spend their money. And so today we're not talking about money. We're talking about giving and generosity which falls under the category of those two because you can be generous without having money. And Jesus challenged people the most, the people who were the most generous were the him, the people who gave two or three cents. So Chad, uh, yeah, this topic, you know, years ago, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to talk about money and I really don't want to. But over the years, as I've listened to people talk about money, talk about giving, talk about generosity and that kind of thing, tithing, it really has sparked an interest in me because it really, Jesus says, uh, there's a connection between giving and our heart. And so I, it's great to have David McLaughlin. Uh, am I pronouncing that right? No, Mick, just Laughlin. Laughlin. <laughs> Laughlin. And, and who are you? Amos. <laughs> we got Amos Martin with this, folks, and uh, Amos has been on the show several times. Um, you're, you're actually a dead man walking, right? I mean, yeah, praise the Lord, I'm here. Thank you, you for you, keeping you, me you around. Know, if you if you never did not listen to the show when Amos Martin had a should have died of a heart attack, and now he's still alive almost four years later. But we're going to talk to David and Amos about giving and about generosity, and I'm going to jump right straight with you, David, mm-hmm. because. 35 years ago, you didn't know Jesus. No. And uh, did just tell our audience, our listeners, just real shortly, how you came to faith and then what your sister and brother-in-law said to you about giving. Well, that's a long story, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, you know, I, I didn't know the Lord. Uh, when I graduated from college, I, all these Christians were around me all the time. Like I felt like they were bumblebees everywhere I went these Christians were wanting me to go to lunch or go to a church meeting or a Bible study or something like that I didn't seem to be able to get away from them and my sister and brother-in-law had a really tough life and 
they gave their life to the Lord, and we just started watching my sister. And uh, then eventually on Mother's Day 1991, I was just lamenting how bad my life was to the pastor at, at lunch, and he just said, you want to give it all to Jesus? And and I did. I just gave it all to Jesus right then and there, and I believe he saved me, and that started my journey. Mm. And it started your journey, and then you, you, you mentioned while, while we were having lunch that you, a church for you was Sunday morning. So you you, you kind of had a drug problem. You were drugged <laughs> to church Sunday morning, <laughs> Sunday night, Wednesday night. <laughs> I didn't know these Christians were funny to me. I, didn't, <laughs> I thought they were kind of unusual. And we were a small church. Uh, There's maybe 50 of us. Um, but this is just what they poured into me. They they We would read books together. We'd have studies together. We had uh, Sunday morning, we'd go to breakfast. Then we'd go pray. Then we'd have Sunday morning service and Sunday evening service, Wednesday night service, Saturday <laughs> night prayer meeting. We'd get together with the guys on Monday night. That's all I knew. That's what I thought it, it was about. And I believe that was a, there was a lot of truth in that. And they just really poured into me about these are the things that you do. You read your Bible every day. You give you, you're faithful to services was the term that they used. And the pastor at the time, he since passed away, he just said, David, just keep showing up. No matter what, you might feel like the worst Christian in the world, but just keep showing up. Mm. And then your your sister and your brother-in-law, who, who came from this tough life, mm-hmm. basically spoke into you about tithing. Yeah, they, again, it was just, this is what we do. I didn't think anything of it. It's like, as a Christian, you know, I didn't know what you were supposed to do. So they started feeding into me about tithing. And they would share stories with me, uh, just remarkable stories of how people were changed or transformed or something along those lines. And that just really fed me and encouraged me. And uh, one of the stories that we were talking about at lunch is, the, and they, they would tell me this story, these stories and uh, I finally, after I was living in my mom's basement, and um, I finally got a job. It was a mir- that was a miracle. And they were going to uh, offer me this job, and they said, however, we need $80 to get your license. Well, if you're living in your mom's basement, you really mm-hmm. don't have any money. So I remember just going to church on a Sunday night and said, Lord, I can't even accept this job. And this is probably six months after I was saved. And so they... Um, they, I went to church that night, and the short story of it is the pastor just looked at me and said, the, the Lord's dealing with me. He wants us to take up a collection for you, which probably was obvious that I needed money. But they passed the plate around. It was just a small church, uh, on, especially on a Sunday night. And they passed the plate around. They brought me up to the front of the, the church, and they said, well, we don't know what this is for, but in Jesus' name, here's $80. <laughs> so... I heard of stories like that, and that story just kept edifying me about giving. And I often think about what if the, one of the people would have only given a dollar and they gave five dollars, you know, to get it. It wasn't a hundred dollars. It wasn't seventy-five. You you needed eighty dollars, and you got eighty dollars on the dime. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, the the only money I had was in the car that I drove over to the church in that night. And it was in the ashtray, and that was probably a buck fifty. And it wasn't mine because that was my mom's car. <laughs> so, um, but I needed exactly eighty dollars. It came out eighty dollars, and uh, it's just it was marvelous and wonderful. Even that was November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, and it still has an effect on me today. Wow, mm-hmm. Chad, when you hear that story, what comes to mind? Uh, it, t- it sounds like 
provision. If somebody, Jesus says, you do not receive because you do not ask. Or James says that, says in the book of James, right? So needing 80 bucks, if he needed 180 bucks, how much you think would have been in that plate? <laughs> yeah. 180 bucks. Yep. Yeah. So, so that, that, that lesson taught you something about God. Often we were encouraged about obedience and discernment. You know, maybe, maybe you should have gave fifty dollars in the plate last week, so to speak, or maybe you should give forty-two fifty. I mean, what it taught me was that the Lord is in the details. He's not afraid of the details. He's not too busy to be involved with the dime, the the very detail of what you need. And um, that's always been very encouraging to me. So, how did that affect your giving? We've just always, you know, like I said, they just said, this is what we do. So we always did it. One of the things they said to me a long time ago, too, was don't ask your wife on a Sunday morning if you want to go to church, you know, or, you you know, don't, hey, we're going to church today. Um, It's just something that's in you that you do. And they, they poured into me so much the first couple of years, we didn't even think about it. We just kept giving. And then we'd be prayerful, like we were talking earlier about, should we give more? There's a special cause over here. And we really believe not all the time, but many times we feel like the Lord led us and shined light on what we should do. And I don't want everybody to think that I've been perfect every time because there's many times I'm like, I don't think that's I want to give towards that. And maybe I should have. But um, that planted the seeds in me, and it's just my God's grace has kind of grown over these years. That's awesome because I think when, when we as young Christians – begin to learn the beauty of giving and and the the blessing of giving. I mean, Jesus said it's more blessed to mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. than to receive. And I think what many times we forget is Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, which means, what does that mean, Amos? He owned it all. (laughs) (laughs) He owns it all. Yeah, so as we take a break and we go into the next segment, we're going to hear about how $80 kind of spearheaded David on a journey of giving. And it's a a blessing to do that. We're going to hear from Amos and talk about giving is not just writing checks. It's it's being uh, available to see where God is moving and then participating in that. How can we be generous? So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentuckyana area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan. Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com. That's Louisville Podcast Studios. If you want to do a professional-sounding podcast or videocast, you want to look and sound great, Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact. Go to podlu.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. com. 
So in our first segment, we talked to David Laughlin about his introduction to what giving can do for you and for other people. And uh, there's a word that, that comes up in giving that for most people, and I have to tell the story because it reminds me of that, that tithing, like what does a tithe mean, right? So my introduction to tithing and giving, which is 10% of income, and I, when I was 28 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. I did not, I, I walked with myself for 28 years and realized I was living in sin, that I would go into church on Sundays just to check a box, and that I gave my life to the Lord because I knew I needed to be saved. That's when I was 28. And I was introduced to a gentleman named Cecil McGee. And in between, on July 17th and August the 5th of my baptism, July 17th is when I confessed with my mouth for the first time. August 5th is when I got baptized. In between those two dates, I was sitting in Cecil and Freedom McGee's living room. <laughs> I did not know them. I did not know why I was there. My dad said, you need to go to this guy's house. I said, okay. So Cecil and Frida m- discipled me for the better part of a year, my f- very beginning of my faith. In that year, we started talking about different aspects of the faith. And he was talking to me about the tithe. And, and he kept saying it over and over. I said, Cecil, I'm, I don't understand. Why does the church care about my ties? He said, you're what? I said, my ties. <laughs> And I go, he goes, what are you talking about? I say, you know, I got a tie on when I go to work. He said, I ain't saying tie. I'm saying tie. And I said, I don't know what that means. So I learned about tithes through being a bonehead and not knowing any different. So the tithe, let's talk about that for a second. We're going to talk about tithing. Okay. <laughs> Amos Martin, when you when you started, when when did you start tithing? Do you remember? I think it's been in my life most of the time, even from church, even from my non Christian years. Uh, you know, baptized when I was twelve, but it didn't really mean anything to me. And but uh, when I did finally accept the Lord at twenty four, and I was blessed. I was so blessed to have the opportunity to go to college and then get drafted and then. Uh, to get an opportunity to play, but I mean, it was just the Lord's hand was all over it. And I just knew I owed him. And I felt like it was, you know, the, the 10%, you know, you're, you're locked in, you, you know, and you're making next money. And at one time, was it 10% of the gross or 10% of the net? You know, you had to go through some of those dilemmas, but, <laughs> and, um, but, you know, ultimately it was just sort of, you know, you're supposed to do this, so I'm being obedient to the Lord, so let's do it. But you did it. Mm-hmm. But you said earlier, uh, in in between the break, that you it, your heart always wasn't in it. Right? Is that true? That's correct. So yeah. how, how what what happened to get your heart engaged? Well, I think it was growth in the Lord. I think actually probably D.C. played a part of it where, you know, I was knowledgeable of the New Testament, and but I didn't couldn't figure out why God wrote the Old Testament. <laughs> and uh, But through D.C., the, you know, class that we put on for two years that we did is I learned so much more about God's Word, and I think that sort of filled me up to, realize and then i think i told you the story is 
uh, I didn't know why sometimes, but I, I just had more of a heart for God uh, that said, look, this is yours. And Dave Ramsey, I told you, he came to a church and he spoke and, you know, he said some amazing words that I was shocked. And even though I'd heard it before, it's just like you mentioned earlier, God owns everything. And that really sort of set me back is none of this is mine. <laughs> He's blessed me with all this. So how can I not give him out of just generosity? You know, how can I, it's not, I'm not drawn to the line of here. This is just 10% is what do you want to give and give from your heart and, and where, where the needs are, where ministries are, where the church is, where the people that you associate with, with, with different people that we come in contact that are, that are doing different things for God. And it's not just the church over here that you have 10% and then over here you have five or anything. The percentages don't make any difference. Where do, where do you want to give from your heart? Well, uh, I have a verse right here. Open my Bible, Second Corinthians chapter 9. It says, God loves... Cheerful giver. I can't see it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it says. Amos is half blind, but <laughs> but yeah, God loves a cheerful giver, and He wants our hearts. Right. He wants our hearts. He doesn't need our checkbook, yeah. but He knows what you said earlier, Chad. That when when we give away, there's something about deep within us that changes when we give. It's God's anyway, mm-hmm. but the Bible really teaches that it's more about stewardship. That we are we're just stewards; we're not the owners. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted you guys to weigh in a little bit because there's some people who are listening right now who would say, "Yeah, but I, I can't, Amos. I can't give ten percent. I, I, there's just not enough." How, how would you respond to that person? And, you know, Ramsey talked about it pretty pretty well. Is you know, look. You've got to make your budget work because it's God's money. And if you're only giving him 10%, it's all his. So how could you not just give him 10%? And, but it's a starting point to say, you know, scripture says it's 10%. It, and, but you got to have a starting point there to say, okay, uh, it, it's, it's his money. And is it too much or is it too little? Or, you know, at least you, you know, and I think that's where I was starting in the tithing thing. You know, this was sort of a God's law. You need to abide by it and let's do it. And, you know, write a check or put money in the kitty and say, well, I've done my duty. And, uh, but, you know, from that point, you know, it, things change. The change, change of, you know, how much we've been blessed to really realize that it's all his and he owns it all. So, you know, find out where those needs are that you are here for a reason with what he's blessed us with. So why not find the people that are really in need and find those people? And that's been a little bit more on my heart here this, this past Christmas, you know, Christmas was, uh, it's always been about family, you know, and, and I kept thinking is, and my wife and I talked with each other, what do you want for Christmas? And uh, we both said, <laughs> you know, I, we didn't, couldn't have an answer. And then said, well, what do you need? And we didn't have an answer. We don't need anything. And so how could we, with God's blessed us with all this, that 
to say, you know, I've, I've got to find somebody. And it sort of put on my heart, there are people that are needy. There are people out there, and God wants us here for a reason. In Ephesians 2.10, we're here for a, a purpose. And then those people out there are calling our names sometimes, and they're out there. But I think in the past, I haven't looked for them mm. and uh, started looking for those people. That's cool. Mm-hmm. David, if you heard somebody say to you, yeah, I, I, I got this new job. I just graduated from college, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, it, it's, it's not the salary I really want, but it's a salary that I got. But I, 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 there's no way. I, I, don't, I can't pay that 10%. It, it doesn't add up. What would you tell them? I mean, ultimately, in my opinion, in my own walk, it's do I trust God? Do I really trust that he's going to provide and take care of me? And I've go through phases where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not as confident in that. But I think that's the first question. Is, and then the second is pray about it. See what he shows you. And, but be careful when you pray because he'll probably show you. <laughs> and then the, the next part is heed it. Mm-hmm. Heed what he shows you. Because you're not out here doing it by yourself, which is important. You want the Lord to lead you in that. So do you really trust him? Pray. And then when he shows you, and he will show you, I'm confident he'll show you, and then um, obey it. What, what, I've heard some people say, well, you know what, you can't, you can't start at 10%, then start at 5%. Start at 3%. Start at 3% and, and grow, it to that, grow it to that 10%. And, Chad, you start smiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, – I, I, I was just looking it up, Matthew 23, 23. So if you want to remember, Jordan was the greatest player ever, 23, <laughs> times two. LeBron is 23, two. He ain't the best. He's second best. 23, 23, right? <laughs> That's the way you remember it. Matthew. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you give the tithe, but you don't give the offering of mercy and grace. He said, you should do the former without not doing the latter. I'm reading that not exactly. Yeah. I just look at that and go, does Jesus talk about giving tithes and offerings? He does. I just think he does. And so I think it's one of those things. He was telling the Pharisees, you're doing it, but you're not being generous. He wants us to do it and be generous in our hearts and outward and inward. So we're going to take a break and uh, argue about this more (laughs) in the next segment. But this stirs up a lot in people. It stirs up something. If it stirs up something, you're fighting mad about it. It probably tells a little bit about your heart. right? So let's take a break, come back more and talk about being generous and what it looks like on Solid Step. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, Overall, dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area, and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank, landscaping, and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So we talked for two segments about giving and generosity, and the tithe word came up. And, uh, David, that triggered you to remind you of a story you wanted to tell. Well, I, you know, 
I believe there's blessings in faithfulness. I believe God loves us. He cares for us. He knows how to give good gifts to his children. He knows what we need before we ask. So um, when we were first, when I was first married, I was married in 1993. Um, we had um, all kinds. No, we didn't have any money. We had no money. And we were living in a little 700-square-foot apartment. And um, my wife and I would pray every night before we'd go to bed. And one night I said, boy, it sure would be nice if she just prayed for us to have a home one day. But I thought, that's way too much to ask God. Now, this was after I got $80, after I'd been saved. We had been married for a few months. And as soon as I said that, she started to pray, and she started to pray for a home. And uh, I looked at her like, how did she know I was thinking that? But I believe firmly that the Lord just spoke to her and said, pray for this home. After she got done praying, I thought, well, that, that's too much, honey. That's too much. We could never have a home. The 700-square-foot apartment's all we're, we should have. But my point is is that I was wanting, desiring that. I asked the Lord to have her pray for it. She did pray for it. And we've had four homes since that time <laughs> when we didn't think we could have it. So the Lord made a way, and I think tithing is one of the things that opens those ways. Yeah, you know, Chad, I, I've heard preachers talk about when – the, the, when it's not like okay, I'll give, and now because I give, you know, God's going to give us; He's going to give back more. But there is there is a principle that when God counts us as faithful, He He seems to many times honor that faithfulness. I mean, there is God says in His Word, He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And that doesn't always mean a check or a raise or a bonus, but there, there is a connection when our hearts are open to the Lord and we truly live out Psalm 24 that it's all God's. What you were talking about, Amos, it's oh, all God's. Right. The house is God's. The car is God's. The job I have is, is from God. My health is from God. My body is from God. Mm-hmm. My Family is from him. I mean, it's not a formula. It's not an ABC calculus formula, so to speak. Um, but he's a good, he's an Abba. He's a daddy. I have a grandson now. And, uh, you know, you just, where are the, where's the checkbook? How much you need? What do you want? When you want it? And I think in some sense, that's how lavish God is. He's, I, it's not equal. He's, he's done more abundantly than I deserve. Because he's a good, loving father. I didn't really do anything to deserve it. It's just his abundant love as Abba. And um, that's comforting. Well, I sense that, David, when you talk about this loving Abba father, that when he is generous with you, it's like, how could I not be generous to others? And I, it reminds me of Malachi 3.10. I hope uh, I'm not jumping ahead here. No, but I was going to go there, but bring it on. So it says, this is the Lord talking. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough to store it. Now, all I got to do is read that. And go, I want to participate in that. Not because I give, you give me back. Right? Like, okay, God, you say, 
But if God says, test, it's the only time, if I'm understanding, it's the only time in Scripture where God says to test him on something. He's inviting us to test him. It's almost like it's an invitation. Just try it out and let's just see what I can do. So to me, that's an invitation that whether it was spoken 3,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, the Lord God Almighty said it, and I think I want to participate in it. And so when I read that, I'm like, man, that's an invitation. That's what I read it as. So what limits us when we when, when God says, test me, hey, you, I want you to bring the tithe in, and I want you to be generous. What keeps us from generosity? Uh, selfishness, you know, is <laughs> pretty cut and dried. Is uh, you know, Do you is, have to be so blunt, I Amos. Know, yeah, I'd say I got some more important needs over here for this Lord. And I was thinking as we were talking about Joshua one eight, one of my favorite scriptures about uh, when my life sort of turned around towards generosity is. He tells about meditating on his word and do everything in his book, which everything in his book, what we just read about Malachi, and says, then he'll make you prosperous and successful. Now, does that prosperous mean you're going to be rich? No, but you'd be prosperous in spirit. Successful does mean you can be head of a CEO, big company? No, but you can be successful in God's eyes. And if we just get that, you know, he's, he's, he's given us his, his laws, and we've got to be obedient to them. And... Uh, we we got to be different than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These are all rich guys, and, you know, they gave their percentage, but they didn't give it out of their hearts. It was mandatory. You know, I, here you go, Lord. And we're not those people. He wants us to He wants us to feel it. He wants us to say, look, I'm glad to give you this, Lord. I'm glad to help this person. I'm glad to, that you've given us enough gifts that we can help over here with whatever whatever it is and and church being a priority too Mm, that's good Mm. i I wanted to ask you guys uh, paul the apostle is writing to his young protege timothy and he says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil and i have asked my wife nancy i said honey how do you know when you have the love of money now because it, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. Have you ever had the love of money, Amos? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> David? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you were talking about mission fields earlier. Uh, and uh, when you go to different cultures and you see what they have compared to what we have here in America, I've been to Haiti four times, and you think, I shouldn't, my prayers are a little out of line when someone's just trying to get their meal for the day. So, you know, God knows, but I think, yeah, in our hearts, particularly in our culture today, there's a lot of love of money. What do you think, Chad? You mean, have I love money today? <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about, I'll spare all the details. I was forced with a challenge. Somebody texted me today about possibly helping somebody out. And my question always is like, are they going to be appreciative uh, how much should I give? Is this wise? All these questions start running in, and, and, you know, I think it's okay to ask good questions, right? I think that's good to do that. Is this wise? You talk about a good question to ask, is this wise to do? And, um, yeah, the love, there's a reason why Jesus talked about it, the love of money, because he knows that's the root of all evil and that that's just something that I don't care who you are. I have seen poor people who love money. I have seen rich people who love money. 
I have seen at all. And I've seen it in my own chest, <laughs> in my own mind. And, uh, but I, I think because when you tithe, and I was dumb enough not to know there was an option not to. <laughs> when I started, I thought, well, I just, that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. I have, I've got appliances that should have been done years ago <laughs> that are still going, <laughs> right? I've got things, and I'm like, how did that keep going? And I heard somebody say, you just never know how God has been blessing you in ways that you just don't know. And uh, a lot of it has to do with money, right? So, I mean, it's a scale. So if you're listening to this going, I am so greedy and I know it, welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we have a heart that has to be surrendered to the Lord. Uh, Well, I think, again, tithing helps with that. And and giving. Uh, If if you are struggling with, and all of us have had the love of money. I mean, it just lets us all face it. Our hands go right. up. Yep, I've had the love of money. Right. But one of the great things that can help with that is to cut a check and and write and give back to the Lord. Um, there's something dynamic that happens when we are generous back, mm-hmm. especially when it's, uh, you know, for the poor, what you were talking about, mm-hmm. Amos. Yeah. Uh, those you you were talking about a single mom, Chad, and you know she just lost has, a child. Lost a child as of yesterday, and then you're like, "Well, you do you have a problem giving to that person? How? Who would? Not very many people probably. Like, man, here's ten bucks mm-hmm. at least, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of my my uh, just confession time, right? A lot of my issue with money is fear-based. Yeah. If I give it away, I won't have anything left. That's fear. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think uh, David mentioned one thing uh, before, is prayer, of how important prayer is for, to, for God to tell us where those needs are, not only after we see the need, but to keep praying, because he'll give us a peace that we know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And if he doesn't give you that peace, then there's probably... There's probably uh, a problem. Yeah. So we're going to take a break, come back for a fourth and final segment. If you're still listening, by the way, I can hear radios being turned off all over because they're like, it's a challenge to talk about generosity. But at the end of the day, generosity, and, and we, talk, we may talk about this in the last segment, the combination between generosity and gratitude. So we're going to talk about that here shortly on Solid Steps. Hadley Sign Solutions. Owner Chris Hadley has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at HadleySignSolutions at gmail.com. That's Hadley Sign Solutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So in our fourth and final segment, we're going to wrap this up in a nice little bow. And we're talking in the break about the connection between 
people who are generous and people who are grateful. And we were talking about, I got six sons and ages 16 down to six. And we have been please and thank you people. Meaning, what do you say? Please. (laughs) Try that again. May I please, right? And what do you say? Thank you. And they're just words to sometimes a six-year-old. But what we're doing is we're planting a seed of gratefulness, gratefulness, gratefulness. And that doing that helps them catch up. Their heart catches up later with the habit. And boy, if they have the habit of thankful, which I need to have the habit of thankful, even when I don't feel like it. You talked about earlier. So we we were just talking about a a sermon that some of us have heard about um, how do you know when you're grateful? And the answer is, do you remember what, what, you know, David, what your thoughts? How do you know when you're grateful? I mean, one of the things that stands out to me is sometimes it's not about you, about your giving. It's about your obedience. I heard a story once where someone said they were going to give away their old car to someone who didn't have a car. And he said, I know God will bring me in a better car. But then he also said along those lines, I may have to start riding the bus. In other words, it was just his act of obedience. I mean, that was showing a grateful heart because the Lord has done so much for us. He's willing to give away his older car. Um, We have some friends from Cuba, and when they come over and pray over the meal, they'll say, all this and Jesus? (laughs) We get all this food and the sacrifice of Jesus? So it's good to remind myself it's not about me. It's about responding to how much he's loved me. And if I don't get anything out of it, I've already gotten more than I deserve. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole benefits of giving. Um, but we, we were talking in the break about how do you know when you're grateful? Well, are you generous? And there's a direct connection between generosity and gratefulness. Talk about that, Amos. Yeah, absolutely. I think when... Um, you know, we, we always got a flashback to our salvation. <laughs> we've, we've got a flashback to that that say, I wouldn't even be having these thoughts about giving or anything if I didn't have Jesus. And we, we look back at that and, and we got to, and we got to consider God's grace is, that we weren't, we weren't deserving. I wasn't deserving. None of us were deserving. We didn't do anything. And I think that's what opens us up to be truly grateful. And then when we, we have an opportunity to help somebody, it's, we know that we're doing it for God. We know that he's watching, he's watching up in heaven and he's watching us give and he were given out of our hearts and he's saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, given back of some that I gave you. Mm. Let's talk just a couple minutes before we close up, just the whole concept of contentment. Because I think one of the things that limits our heart to give is because we have some, we, we don't have contentment. The Bible would say that's some discontentment. How discontentment disrupts our giving. You have any thoughts on that, David? It's a deep one. I mean, I, I think it's just our heart. Is what do we trust? Are we staying connected to the Lord? Are we staying connected in prayer? And um, I believe that's a big help to keep us content. Um, 
but that's a deeper question. Maybe we should go over to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I just had lunch before this with my, my one of my best buddies. I had to confess to him something. Is that I realized in the past couple few days how much time I spend mentally complaining about how things aren't like I want them to be mm. in my marriage, with my wife, with my kids, with my home, with my money. And it's a fo- who's that focus on mm. me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a content, it's a content spirit. Now, do I need to move the ball up the field in areas of life and get better and get wise? Absolutely. But when I sit here and it's called the cracked tile syndrome, when you walk into a bathroom and you know exactly where that cracked tile is, <laughs> composed to the other 99% of the tiles that are fine, you focus on the cracked tile. Mm-hmm. Most of us are wired. If God does not intervene in our life, <laughs> guess where we end up? Cracked tile. <laughs> There's a guy on the cross. Why don't you save us, Jesus? You're, he's making fun and mocking Jesus on the cross, right, of the other two guys. You talk about a negative way to end life. <laughs> he's complaining and mocking and being whatever. You got yourself on that cross, but you're complaining about somebody else, right? And how much of that, I had to compl- I had confessed this morning, brother, I have been obsessed the past couple few days with myself and my circumstances not being okay. It's called not being content. And when you start focusing on the things that you do have. I'm sorry I brought this up. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be quiet. We got four minutes. I'll be quiet. No. You know, Chad, as you're talking, I I think that's so true for so many of us. Right. We we forget all the blessings of the Lord Mm -hmm. and the benefits of our salvation and what he has done for us. And one of the great ways that can remind us is, okay, I'm going to give. And to be a blessing to the Lord and to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think discontentment sometimes is not necessarily all about money. Dis- discontent, like you said, Chad, with, with different things going on in our lives. That, and, and all of us get upset at, at trials and tribulations sometimes. But, you know, God's telling his word, we got to give thanks in all things. Mm-hmm. And we got to give thanks. Those things that you're going through right now. You got to thank God for them because yeah. you're growing and you've noticed it. Right. And we've noticed those things. And we got to continually keep, you know, putting our hearts out there in a confession and say, Lord, show me where these things that how you want me to grow. And he'll, he'll show us and get it, get us out of that discontentment. Because like you said, we got this many trials, but we got these long list of gifts and blessings that we say, man, how could I even say anything about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I heard, uh, a church leader not too long ago say every morning I, I wake up and I write down three things that I'm grateful for. Mm. And then he also said, he goes, I, I've been doing that for quite a while, but somebody challenged me to not just write three things that I'm grateful for every morning, but then three things that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> and there's something powerful about, and one of those things I think that we can do even as, as men is I, 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 what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to write a check. I'm going to give to this ministry. I'm going to give to our church. I'm going to give to this this single mom, or I'm going to give to this prison ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to give because when we write down things that we're thankful for, but also things that we're looking forward to, 
I think it's a powerful outlook on life. Well, I think uh, we've we've wrapped it up. We pretty much know everything. <laughs> we've got generosity figured out. Uh, and I think that one of the things is knowing that we are not nearly on our own. I was talking to somebody the other day. My wife and I were talking about on our own, we are headed for disaster. <laughs> yeah. If there is not an intervention in our life, we're going to be in for disaster. Yeah. Praise the Lord that Jesus has intervened in our life. If we still don't, if we wake up today and we don't, let the Lord intervene in our life today, we're still going to end up in a bad spot. We could be saved and still end up in a bad spot, right? So I think what we've established is generosity is something, it's a journey, and it's a process and not an event. It's a process we go through. So as we, as we wrap up, Amos, I'm going to have you pray. And I've, I think a great prayer is for us to say, Lord, I, I want to be generous. Help me to be generous. Help me to be a man full of gratitude and generosity. Would you pray us out, please? Yeah. Hey, Lord, uh, we're so thankful for this time, and we, your spirit's here, Lord. We feel it. Uh, uh, we can taste it. We can just, it's, it's part of us, and you've blessed us with that Holy Spirit when we came to know you. And Lord, uh, help us to be alert to other people's needs. Uh, there's so many people out there that, are, that are, need help, and you've put us on this earth for a reason. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And it's up to us to search for that plan of where you want to use us and where you want to use our money. And, Lord, we just give you the glory that we can serve you in this way. And we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 David, thank you. Thank Amos, you. thank you. Appreciate you guys. So go out and be generous with your money, your mouth, your time. A lot of things to be generous for. You've been given a whole lot. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Solid Step 3.